to another edition of the Stephanie Gately Show. My name is James Cargan, and of course we have Coach Gately. And Coach, uh, it's been a fairly difficult week for the team. You started off on a six-game conference winning streak in sole possession of first place in the Atlantic 10. And now after back-to-back losses, there's a little bit of adversity. I'm sure you've been used to that throughout your very long career. What did you tell your team after the VCU game and today in practice? You know, we talked a lot today after watching the VCU film about being tougher. Like, I just felt we got out toughed. And like I said to them, like, a lot of times people will say you're a reflection of your coaches. And I said, I'm nowhere near as talented as any of you. But if there's one thing that always corresponded with who I was, I played hard, I played smart, and I always talked. And and that's kind of like passion with the purpose, who we are. Like, And I don't feel we did either against VCU. I don't think we played hard, and I don't think we played smart. The last two possessions came down to a missed box out and a turnover. And our whole game plan on the board was out-rebounding them. They were 0-9 when they were being out-rebounded and taking care of the ball. And both last plays had – obviously, they don't decide the game, but both had you know major a major, major piece in why we lost the game. I want to focus on the St. Joseph game first. Uh, that was a game that was not exactly for the faint of heart. 4-3 after the first quarter. <laughs> Let's put it nicely. Thank you, James. <laughs> Valentine's Day is coming up. I love you, too. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was a poor shooting night for both teams. They eked out a victory. And do you believe that the poor shooting really was the story of that game? You know, there was tentativeness. You know, we came off a Bonaventure where I think we had a flow offensively, and then we get into St. Joe's, and, you know, credit to St. Joe's. I thought they did a good job defensively, but we couldn't hit shots. And then I think not hitting shots, that kind of started to take over a little bit in the mindset of the kids. And then it was, like I said, it was back and forth, and then St. Joe's started to pull away, and then we had we were in a position to try to steal it at the end. And unfortunately, again, just didn't do it. And I, I got to be honest, I saw that game coming because it I was reflected in practice. We had not practiced well. We were not focused in practice. And I just feel like proper preparation is very key to being successful. And I think we were getting content and just getting a little bit full of ourselves, which is unacceptable. We've accomplished nothing yet. Nothing's done. Everything we're doing right now is for the end run. So everything starts in practice. The conference road games, no matter who the opponent is, they're never a gimme. Fordham has not had really much success historically at the Hagen Arena. Much of that due to you and your success at St. Joseph. Is it something about playing there that throws teams off? No, because we've won there twice. So it wasn't about, I mean, winning on the road in general is hard. So it really had nothing to do with the arena as much as our, our play. We're not going to win a lot of games if we're just counting on G to score and rebound for us. I mean, other people have to participate. If you go look at the VCU game at halftime, other than G, not one starter had a rebound. Not going to win games like that. We got out tough. Granted, VCU started four seniors. Two were either graduate students or fifth-year kids. 
But that's not an excuse. I mean, we had a 16-point lead, but that was really a false sense of security because I told the kids, typically when we break down tape, there's a minimum, minimum of six to eight great defensive possessions each game on the games that we play well. I had one and a half possessions of defense. So it really, our offense, if you remember that game, we had a lot of layups we missed, a lot of easy layups that could have put us over the top. Missed a lot of layups, didn't take care of the ball, got out-rebounded in the second half, a false sense of security because we built a lead, but then the game was lost in the last five minutes of the second quarter and the first five minutes of the third quarter. I was just about to say, you controlled the first 15 minutes of that game. Uh, you were up by 16 points. What happened? What occurred within the last five minutes of the second quarter and that carried over into the third, which was controlled by VCU? <laughs> Well, the last five minutes of the third quarter was lack of focus. I just thought we didn't do a great job getting back and identifying defense and talking on defense, and we've spent some time talking about that the last couple of days. The start of the third quarter was turnovers. We had two crucial turnovers, and the momentum completely shifted because they capitalized on all those turnovers. I don't have it in front of me, but if you look at those end-of-the-game notes, like points in the paint, points off turnovers, points off second rebounds or off second shots, points in transition, they won every every single battle. And – VCU, to me, was one of the top teams returning because they had four starters back. And they had a really good transfer. The kid that was leading scorer was a transfer from Memphis. So, to me, you know, their record was not indicative of the type of team. I think they're a very dangerous team. But it's a team that we could have and should have beat on our home court. And VCU, they did play well. But, you know, despite all of the mistakes in the fourth quarter, the inbounds turnover, the two missed layups in the fourth quarter, the missed box out on the free throw, you still had Jamaris on the top of the key with the ball with a chance to go up. And that's probably the look that, you know, you and all of the fans would have taken. So is it a comfort to know that despite all of those mistakes that you were still right in there with a chance to win the game? Valentine's Day is coming, and I love you, but no. There's no comfort in that. There's no moral victories in not, that. Not so much comfort. Yeah, but, but knowing, I mean, I understand what you're saying. I mean, you got the right person the ball to get the shot, so we did get a shot. Like, that's every coach's nightmare is to go home and realize you didn't get a shot. So I understand where you're coming from. It's just, in my mind, it wasn't that shot. It was the rest of the game that really bothered me. So, yeah, you know, that was fine. But we had a timeout to execute that last game, that last play when we turned it over. And it was frustrating because, you know, we have upperclassmen on the court making those bad decisions. And that shouldn't happen at this time in the year and this time in their career. Plus, the other big turning point was we had to burn a timeout early in the third quarter. If we had that timeout left with 2.4 seconds, we're getting a we're getting a shot off even though we you know we had to go the length of the court. Instead of going the length of the court, we could have had a chance at a shot to tie the game, but we had to burn that timeout because of our ineptness on offense and our turnovers. Now, uh, regarding what the players, what your team, how they're reacting to the adversity this week, how are they grouping together as a unit? Are they motivating each other are they getting on each other how are they reacting to the back-to-back -back losses they've been good I mean we've got a really good group of seniors I and mean, I made a point I, I switched up the teams a little bit I wanted to put the seniors on one team because I wanted them to demand of each other you know the one thing is I think this team has a tendency to be a little too nice to each other and man we're at crunch time you got you've got to be okay with challenging each other one being challenged and one taking the challenge and so I think at this point in the year there's accountability there's accountability for everything we do so at this point in the year, I think that challenge is important. And we will get to the upcoming schedule 
in a later segment, but as you know, it's the toughest part of the schedule, having to visit St. Louis, having to visit George Washington. Do you think that maybe the team was looking ahead to those two games against the, the two other top teams in the Atlantic 10? I don't think that we were looking ahead just because it's not it's not our philosophy. So we spent a lot of time in in the moment. They knew VCU was tough because we lost there last year after being up 15. So it, it, they knew that, that that was sitting in their back of their mind. So um, we spent a lot of time on just living the moment, play, you know, win the day. So, no, I don't, I don't really think they were looking ahead. And, of course, the consistent part, even throughout the past two games and the whole season, I mean, there's not much – more I could say about Jamaris. She's done anything and everything for the team through wins, through losses, 13 rebounds against VCU, God knows how many against St. Joe's. I, she had, a, I believe, seven rebounds in the first quarter in that game. What was there more to ask of her? It's funny you say that because I pulled G aside yesterday because I said to her, I said, listen, G, because when Tiffany Ruffin was here two years ago, she was a Boston College transfer. And she was our starting point guard, but I also needed her to bring the ball up, to play the best player, to make good decisions. And I finally brought her in and say, am I asking too much? Like, I don't want to assume she's okay with it. She goes, no, it's just I've never been used to this much responsibility. I like it, but I'm not used to it. And that's why I talked to Jamiris yesterday. I'm like, am I asking too much? Because I want to continue to challenge you. You know, they said, I think it was Tom Brady, you know, there was a quote from Tom Brady about, you know, Belichick just saying, it doesn't matter if you're – two-time pro baller or you're you're an NFL Hall of Famer, he's going to expect standards every day. So that's kind of how I am with G. Like if I'm watching the tape and you don't box out, I'm getting on you even though you're leading us in rebound because I got I to gotta continue to establish standards so that you can go from being good to be great. You can go from being all-conference to be player of the year. That's the goal. And I think G has those same aspirations and those same goals. So I, I will not take my foot off the pedal. And coming up next, we will be talking to Danielle Padovano and Mary Goulding. And then later on in the show, we will once again be speaking to Coach Gately about the upcoming week and the schedule ahead. Stay with us. And we're back on the Stephanie Gately Show. This is our on-the-court segment, and we have two players that have prominently been featured on the court this season, senior Danielle Padovano and, for the very first time on the show, Mary Goulding. Mary, I, I know you... You've had a sleepless night waiting for this appearance on the show. You've been eager to be on the show. How does it feel to finally be on? Um, pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> but in all seriousness, Danielle, this, this was a tough week for the team. Back-to-back -back losses for the first time this season. And first off, um, for the St. Joseph game, I told Coach that the game was not one for the faint of heart. Tough shooting conditions for both teams. Four to three after the first quarter. What went wrong in that game from that perspective? I mean, I think we all know that, you know, there are going to be games where we're not shooting well. Um, this just so happened to be, unfortunately, away at a great team, at a great team's court, um, and our defense didn't really help. Coach is a firm believer in, you know, starts with defense and, you know, offense will follow. Uh, but I think, you know, once we didn't hit shots early on, we kind of let that affect um, our defensive efforts. But I think, I mean, every team has to go through this. Uh, it is our first time losing twice in a row, but I think it will just help us prepare for the future, um, for the come tournament time where we have to win those games. And in the VCU game, your team controlled the first 15 minutes of that game, up by 16 points, 
then in the latter part of the second quarter and then in the third quarter uh, you suffered a drop-off. What do you think happened in that period of time? I think it's the same kind of thing. You know, you after a while we got a little complacent. Um, you know, then we were hitting shots, but um, we lost a little focus and we let, um, you know, defensive laf lapses, um, offensive turnovers um, kind of dictate the way the game was going. And uh, unfortunately, we kind of just let it let that wave go through in the second half. So as a group, uh, I know you're a closely knit group. How have you guys responded to, you know, this adversity of losing back-to-back -back games and having such a tough week ahead of you? I think it's kind of actually brought us closer together in a way because it's not just one person's fault or, you know, like it's a team effort. And so we all have to kind of bond together to be a team and to be the winning team. So, yeah, I think um, there's been a lot of, like, we've had to hold each other accountable um, and had to hold ourselves accountable at practice. Um, so I think that's been good, you know, people getting on you to improve. And so, yeah, I think the team's uh, got a lot closer. And, of course, I mean, the tough week ahead. The trip to St. Louis. St. Louis, the preseason favorite coming into the season. They've had a couple losses themselves recently, losing to Duquesne by quite a few points. Going in there, going in on that long flight, what do you expect going into that game? I think, you know, it's going to be a battle. I mean, every Atlantic 10 game from here on out, you know, as you know, there's so much parity, you know. Oh, yeah. Big teams losing to, you know, teams who shouldn't technically on paper be beating them. But I think that's the exciting part of it. You know, something we know now is just, you know, playing a 40-minute game and any laps, whether it's in the first half or second half, you know, it doesn't necessarily come down to the last play of the game, but it's all the little things that build up. So I think we're excited. We're using this week to, um, you know, really focus on knocking out um, a lot of the mistakes we've been making consistently. So now, uh, Mary, I want to focus on you a little bit. And it's not only a long way from New Zealand here to Rose Hill, but it's also a long way from Gillette College in Wyoming. <laughs> yeah. What's been the biggest help in assimilating you to this group of girls? I think the biggest help would be um, a very supportive staff. So the coaching staff has been really accommodating and welcoming. Like any time I can go and talk to them. I've been through it all. Like um, everyone knows Erin Rooney. So, yeah, they're really experienced in internationals and also the team's been really great, so they've been really supportive. And, of course, you're from New Zealand. Some other players that are coming in are also from New Zealand. Is this, is this a wave? Is this a movement? Or are takeover. you? Is this a yeah. takeover? <laughs> yeah, hush, yeah. <laughs> the New Zealand takeover. It's <laughs> my plan. <laughs> Oh boy! But yeah, uh, America better watch out. <laughs> uh, I'm quivering in my in my uh, boots already. <laughs> in terms of the leadership on this team, for for both of you, especially for you, uh, Danielle, being a senior, being one of the leaders of this team, when you when you're facing tough times, what do you have to do as one of the leaders and role models to rally your team together? Um, I mean, I think it always starts with kind of looking at yourself, um, you know, recognizing that, you know, I make mistakes just as a person next to me, but that doesn't mean that, you know, I'm not going to go out there every day at practice and do my best to, you know, encourage myself, encourage my teammates, uh, recognize that, 
you know, we're all not going to be mistake free, but as long as we do our best to pick each other up uh, and work harder to make up for those mistakes um, and just, you know, one big thing we've definitely been focused on is not trying, trying not to make the same mistake twice. Um, so I think that that's something we've been working on. And I know Mary mentioned accountability. Uh, that's been something we've all uh, had to really take a step back and think about, um, you know, are you leaving it all out in the court every single day um, for yourself and for your teammates? So that's something that we've been focusing on too. And that's obviously something that we all focus on, myself included as a broadcaster. I know Bob Ahrens can attest to that right in front of us. And Mary, you, this year you've been coming off the bench. You've had some moments, especially when others are have been ill uh, including yourself as well. Uh, I'm glad that's long and over with. How, how, in what way do you think you have improved throughout the year? I think um, I've improved at uh, being tougher, like on court. And I think this is a, a huge step. Like people talk about like going Division One and going overseas, but until you actually do it, it's it's really hard. So I think you know, like I've um, from the start of the season, like I think I've become like a better basketball player I think it's it's a process like I talk to the coaches a lot because I get frustrated at not seeing results um, but I think it's not about seeing the results straight away it's a process um, and I can see an improvement from when I first came I, I just I'm just curious how uh, how did you go about making the decision to leave New Zealand to come to to go to Wyoming and then to transfer here to Fordham it was kind of like a dream to come to America but one of my coaches, Mark Dickel, um, had a big part of it. He was just like, you know, I think you could go. Um, so him and Caleb Harrison kind of helped me out. And then my parents picked the school in Wyoming. I didn't really have enough film, so we wanted to kind of get out there and see if I could get known in a way. And then from there, I had the decision. I had a few offers, um, and I came and visited here. And just, I loved it. I loved uh, the Jesuits. I loved how coach was um, a Catholic family. I'm from a Catholic family. And then I loved the coaching staff, the team, and then the campus. So it kind of, it just all fit my perfect school. So. Well, there's much to love about Fordham and much to love about the both of you. Thank you both for coming on. Mary, we hope to see you again. And <laughs> Danielle, we probably will be seeing you again. Cool. Coming up next, we will be talking to Coach Gately again, and we'll be discussing the week ahead for the Fordham Rams. Stay with us. Back here with Coach Gately, and Coach, this is an upcoming week and an upcoming two games that I know I've had circled on my magnet schedule on my refrigerator, and especially the one this Saturday, which I'm fortunate enough to be traveling to, the preseason conference favorite in St. Louis. They were the heavy favorite in the preseason. They've lost a couple of conference games. They lost one uh, to Duquesne that was fairly lopsided early on, down 25 points at the half. So they're coming in with not as much momentum as, unfortunately, your team is as well. What are you looking forward to in making that long trip? Playing a more complete game. I, you know, I told the kids, if we want to win a championship, we got to play close to a 40-minute game. We can't play a 25-minute game. Um, last year we had St. Louis on the ropes here and honestly didn't play well. So we hung around, but they're a very good team. I watched that Duquesne game and it really wasn't a case of St. Louis not playing well. It was really a case of Duquesne playing very, very well. So I think they're a very good defensive team. I think they're very well coached. I think they've obviously got the player of the year in Jackie Kemp. Uh, I think it's going to be 
you know, a great crowd. It's a 7 o'clock game, which is unusual, you know. So I just think it's going to be a great atmosphere. And, and there's nothing sweeter than winning on the road. So, I mean, I, I think our kids will be very, very easily motivated for that. There's going to be a lot of 8-10 Player of the Year candidates on the court in that game, not just Jamaris, but, of course, Kemp and Stepinovich, who is leading the conference in assists and pro I believe third in the nation currently in assists. How do you go about stopping the, that two-headed monster? I mean, I think with, with Jackie Kemp, I think, that, you know, it's just a matter of containing. After watching tape last year, she pretty much did whatever she wanted. We can't let her dictate everything. We've got to make sure we don't give her easy opportunities. I thought Sam did a great job on Stepanovich last year. But again, she's she's a senior. You know, she, she's versatile. I mean, she's more comfortable shooting from the perimeter, which makes her more difficult to defend. You know, it's just going to be important that G brings both her offensive and defensive best games. And then after that, the trip to George Washington. George Washington likely has revenge on their mind after last year's upset here at the Rose Hill Gym. What do you look for in that game? Again, just, you know, a, a noon game, they're, you know, their kids game. So it'll be, you know, a hostile environment oh, in, yes. in so many ways. <laughs> but again, anybody that's, you know, a competitor, they're, they're kind of things that you look forward to and you thrive on. So for us... You know, our kids will be ready. You know, that's a, the type of environment you got to win in the nine ten championship. So, you know, we might as well get used to it now. We all know the amazing atmosphere that any kid's game has. It's intimidating for the opposing side. Of course, the standings of the A-10 are a big storyline in these next two games. Looking ahead to the top two teams getting a bye to go to the Richmond Coliseum and to the quarterfinals of the A-10. How important is it to get into that top two and get that by? It's funny. We talk about that as a staff. And obviously it's great if you get the by, but part of it is you're off for so long not playing a game. That's a concern. I've voiced my concern before over this yes. format. I've never been a, a huge fan of the format, but obviously I'm supportive of whatever we do as a group. So at this point, we're not spending a lot of time worrying about that those that that buy or the you know right now we have, we have so much work left to do to even be considered for that. So you know every game becomes even more of a challenge. Yeah, it's reminiscent of when the old BCS championship game was around. The college football teams would have about thirty-seven or so days to prepare for that game, and sometimes would come out rusty. Mm -hmm. Would it almost be beneficial in a way to have a game at home? against a team that's a lesser team in the conference standings to maybe get a win and get momentum going into that tournament? I guess, you, I mean, it's like anything. When you go in as a coach, when you get the preseason rankings and you're number one, you'd be like, man, we are the team to beat. The target's on our back. When you're number 14, you're like, man, people think we stink. You know, you know we're going to surprise people. You can throw that 10 different ways. You know, if we get the bye, then I'm obviously going to have this speech. If we don't get the bye, then I'm going to have this speech. So um, I think it's just you, you you practice every day and you prepare every day. Like the number number on the board right now every day is nine. We have nine guaranteed games left. That's it. These seniors have nine guaranteed games. How you practice will determine whether we have more than nine. What is the team saying about these next two games? I, I asked you before how they were handling the adversity, how do you think they will handle the potential rise out of that adversity? I don't think we're thinking past St. Louis. Like, we, we do films on St. Louis on Thursday. Um, so I don't think they're thinking past that right now. I, I just think right now we're worrying about us getting better as a team, 
not an opponent right now. So Monday and Tuesday were spent on us improving on things that we struggled with in the last two games. Thursday we'll start working towards getting ready for St. Louis. GW we won't even talk about until next Monday. And, of, of course, you were picked to finish sixth in the preseason rankings, which I'm sure a lot of people have voted are now regretting that vote. And that's been a sense of motivation for your team. So if you do get the bye, of course, it's great. But outdoing that preseason ranking, will that be a win in itself? I think it always is. I think if you look and you finish better than what you were preseason picked to do, you can always say, hey, we, you know, we, we, we did better. Uh, but there's so many elements in, involved. I mean, you've got injuries, you've got sickness, you've got, you know, so many different things that go into how people finish or how people start. I mean, you look at even Duke men. I mean, Krzyzewski going out and that obviously, I mean, and we were talking about it last night. What a difference that it has, has in affecting that team. I mean, and I think their staff is outstanding, but sometimes the littlest thing can kind of throw you off. So I think as teams are jockeying for position right now, the number one thing I know we're concentrating on is just playing Fordham basketball. Play hard, play smart, play together. Coach, and one last question on yourself, because in over 30 years of coaching, you've had the ups, you've had the downs, you've had great teams, you've had some not-so-great teams. When you face adversity, where do you turn to for advice or for inspiration? You know, really my family. You know, I have, you know, my husband's a great resource for me, but my three sons, you know, they're all involved in basketball, you know, Dutch, D.C., and Coop. And, you know, I turn to them about a lot. We talk, we talk at night about a lot of different things. And the one with VCU really sat with me because it bothered me that we weren't able to finish that and that we were even in position to have to be in that position at the end. But I've always believed in suffer or celebrate to midnight. And it's funny, when, when D.C. was three and Dutch was like nine, we were in the car and we had just lost to Tennessee and we were up 16 at half. And I'll never forget, you know, Dutch saying, Mom, let's stop for a happy meal. I'm like, what looks happy here, Dutch? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing about this is happy. And then D.C. popped up over the back seat. He goes, Mom, it's a game. Get over it. <laughs> and I was just like, wow, reality check. So, you know what? Being a mom first and a coach second, the reality check comes in, you know, and then you find you try to find the balance. It, it takes me a, a long time to recover from it. I'm much better at now because I have life more in perspective. And I think I'm much calmer when I talk to the team about it. And I think when we sit and watch tapes, we try to learn from it. You know, maybe 20 years ago, I'm sitting there saying, James, why are you boxing? You know, now it's, James, like, what were you thinking? You're an egghead, you know, like, it's just, I think it's a different generation and you have to attack things a little differently. I'm sure I'll be getting that speech from Bob Aaron's after <laughs> Not from Loveness. Come oh, on. Oh, boy. Coach, thank you so much as usual. And we'll see you on Saturday. And we'll see you next week. Thank you very much, Jim. And that will do it for today's edition of the Stephanie Gaten Show. Executive producer of WFEB Sports is Bob Aaron's. The producer and engineer of today's show has been Pat Costello. Thank you to today's guests, Mary Golding and Danielle Padovano. And thanks, of course, to Coach Stephanie Gately. Be sure to tune in this Saturday when the Rams visit St. Louis. Tip-off is at 8 p.m. We'll be on with the one-on-one pregame report at 7.55 only on WFEVsports.org. Until then, for myself and for Coach Gately, have a good day, everybody. The Stephanie Gately Show is a production of WFUV Sports.